welcome to episode 21 of Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know, you didn't want the answers to. I'm Sean. And I'm Vib, and neither of us has any clue what we're talking about. Before we move on, let's award the much-vaunted Expertise is Overrated Tinfoil Award. As a reminder, this is an award that we give out at the start of each episode to the person who had the most ridiculous point in last week's episode. Yeah, so <laughs> this one, you actually overruled me, because I was honestly going to, because obviously we, t- we said nothing ridiculous last week, because no. we're, we're not those people anymore. I was going to give it to Lionheart for taking time out of his busy days to, to come on to our show, <laughs> talk to us idiots. Yeah, I think that that was going to do anything positive for his life. Um, <laughs> but no, I have, uh, assuming you're still listening to this, Lionheart, I've heroically jumped in front of that train. And I'm giving it to myself. Uh, now, should preface this with, I'm type 1 diabetic. And it turns out that last week, what I did was I started an episode with quite low blood sugar and thought that that would be absolutely fine. I then had to take a break mid-episode to fix that fact <laughs> because I just dissolved into a puddle of goo um, and just left Vib to edit that, that week's episode. So we've decided that this week there is a special prize for anyone who gives us a yeah. correct timestamp of when the the gap was cut out when I had ceased to function as a human being. Yeah, thanks for that. That was very <laughs> fun in terms of how to edit. Uh, and listening back to it, though, it was actually quite funny. It, it, you genuinely did devolve into some sort of. I need. I need to re-listen. I re- I need to re-listen to the raw audio. I've listened to the the episode itself, and I can hear it in me quite early. But <laughs> I I know that I go from well, I'm a bit off the mark here to being stopped being stopped halfway through a point to have you say, "Are you okay?" and me respond with, "No, not really." Was was pretty <laughs> excellent. That was that was excellent. It's it's just because you you said arrogant, and I was like, "That's that's not." That's not quite I did, right. Didn't I? <laughs> I did. I just, I just got my words wrong. It was really bad. Anyway, so yeah. Um, I'm, the ex- I'm the extra savage self tinfoil for uh... the, the self tinfoil <laughs> for not being able to do this despite having been diabetic for 20, 20 years now. Pretty, pretty remarkable. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Moving on. I'm still here. Uh, feedback. Yeah. So we've got actually a fair bit of feedback. Um, we didn't do any last time. For, for obvious reasons, it wouldn't have been particularly interesting for our guest to just sit there while we spoke about episodes he hadn't been a part of. Um, well, perhaps, I mean, maybe we dodged a bullet because he maybe was ready to offload just <laughs> feedback on every episode in person. <laughs> I, yeah, that's probably true, to be to be fair. He, he, he'd been storing it all up, and actually, he's just really disappointed now. <laughs> Seething quietly. That would make me so happy. So I, I had a conversation on on Twitter with uh, a chap called Sleek Otter. Uh, basically, when we were on our um, Mistborn episode, when we were discussing the Lord Ruler, and it's quite an in-depth conversation. We get into thorny territory around right and wrong, which is always good in 140 characters. But um, yeah, essentially, it, I, I said something along the lines of, it doesn't matter how good your attentions are, um, if you're as eye-wateringly awful as the Lord Ruler, you're just a baddie. And and Zeke Otter basically said that he disagreed with that because he thought that there was always something worse. And I think he's wrong. I think there are things that are just evil and being 
slightly less evil doesn't stop you being evil. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's that. There's that really famous uh, quote from The Witcher, isn't there? Probably choosing, choosing between uh, you know lesser evils and greater evils. I really wish I'd prepared a quote for that now because it would be so much better. I, but there is a line about you know if you have to choose to... between a lesser evil and a greater evil, you just don't choose at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're, if you choose between a lesser evil and a greater evil, you're still picking evil. Exactly. Yeah. Um, not the quote, but I'm going to make that the quote. So, so, one... so I think I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, yeah. And we, we are still gearing up for our big debate on morality and. Uh... We need to, we need to pick the, we need to pick the media through which to have it. I think. Well, and clearly. <laughs> I mean, clearly, you thought the Lord Ruler was the one because you thought, I that thought was, he was of, of such a level of evil that uh, that's where it was at. He's he's just quite a little bit too bad. Maybe we do a a Palpatine episode or something. Palpatine or, or uh, the God Emperor of Mankind feel like the, the two to have it with. Oh well, he's obviously a good guy. So that's that's not going to be argument. <laughs> <laughs> I think we found it, Jimmy Space. Pencil that in. No, that was no, and it was it was a good it was a good conversation. I'd encourage people to to go and read the seventeen lines of it or whatever it is that <laughs> you can have on Twitter. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was it was it was interesting. What else have we got? Uh, we have our friend CT on our Discord server, which he seems to be using uh, to to get in touch with us a lot. <laughs> He's got some good points. Um, this time he said. With regards to our um, previous episodes so on, on how Creative Assembly could make a Total War Lord of the Rings, he says that one of the major issues that I see would arise if they got the licensing for it would be the expectation. It's such a big, well-known franchise that everyone would expect some of it. Oh, I don't know what that means. And if something it wasn't, of it. I some, something of it, yeah. And if it wasn't perfect, people would deem it a failure. I know that fans always expect a certain level of a game or movie, but I feel that Lord of the Rings is a whole different level for expectation. And you know what? He's he's got a point. I think that's sort of where you were coming from. I think I think he's he's distilled my issue quite well there. I guess the problem or the concern that people would have is that CA uh, it's the concern that I have. CA wouldn't be able to make exactly the Lord of the Rings Total War game that they want to play. And because fandoms and the internet at large are awful at the moment, that would be deemed to be a failure of a game and everyone would explode into tears. I think so, yeah. I think I think your argument was slightly more nuanced in that, you know... I try to be. <laughs> sure. Maybe one day we'll <laughs> see that. Um, but you, but you, were, you were particularly concerned about the, the fact that the fantasy in, in Lord of the Rings is, is, is of such a... It's so big... And amazing. It's not about the battles, which is ultimately what the game would be about. Whereas I think CT is probably talking a bit more generally that you know, if Aragorn underperforms in a fight or something, then then people will go to war about you know how yeah. shit is. A bit, a bit like when um, they released Troy Total War and Hector beat Achilles regularly. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> everyone's up in arms about it. I think that's exactly right. It'll be oh, there's this weird quirk of the code that means that. Pippin can beat the Witch King or something because he's got this ability or what? I don't know. I don't know what it I would mean, be. Mary does. So I don't Mary does. I mean, that would be my counterpoint. I think but, uh, <laughs> that's absolutely fine. But you, you know what I mean? There would be something like that, some quirk that would be in the game that is all working exactly as intended, but there's an output of that that is confusing. Yes, and, yeah. and people would react poorly to that because 
apparently as a species we're not capable of nuance. No, and and <laughs> completely going off on a tangent here, but you, that that thing you sent me the other day, that article on on coding in Skyrim with the the opening scene. Oh, that's so funny! Yes, talk, talk about a little tangent. bit of code that has nothing to do with the opening scene. You would think, and just this, is a, this is a complete tangent. So this very very briefly for anyone who doesn't know this, the opening scene in Skyrim has you has your character very famous, uh, very famously sitting on a cart being driven to an execution. But for some reason, that opening scene, despite being completely on rails, you don't have control of your character, is completely physics coded as opposed to being scripted. That I will right. never understand that decision. I'm not going to um, lie. <laughs> apparently, the, the 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 article said this was done for loads of really important reasons. And and then just moved on and didn't explain why. But that means that, for a completely unrelated reason, uh, bumblebees are indestructible in Skyrim. Uh, it was and, and have infinite mass or something. It was they, something with with yeah, allowing you to pick them up. In, 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 in order to be able to pick up a bumblebee, it has to have infinite mass, which means yeah. that if a bumblebee hits a cart, which it can do in the opening sequence because it's fully physics enabled, it, it just goes mad. The car um, just goes up into the air, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, but that, that, that's exactly the sort of, bringing this back to pseudo-relevant, um, that's exactly, I think, the sort of thing that everything working as intended can have such unforeseen consequences and that, that I just fear that we would have such high expectations of given Total War Warhammer and Warhammer 2 and how good Warhammer 3 looks, we would have such high expectations that a anything at all wrong with the Lord of the Rings Total War would mean it would just never get off the ground. And I get, I come back to look at Troy, right? Troy yes, has yeah, yeah. some flaws. Granted, it has some pretty big flaws, but what people remember it for, I think, are things like you've just said, that it's designed in such a way that at the start, nine times out of ten, Hector beats Achilles, despite the fact that one time out of one, Achilles beats Hector Yeah, in the source material. Anyway, no, and I think there there is very much an episode in there for us on the entitlement of the consumer. Oh, which you know, that's a little bit of sizzle for you. Watch this <laughs> space for episode thirty, folks. <laughs> uh, yeah, moving on. Any any We're more still feedback talking after this episode? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> just very briefly. Um, a friend of the show, Ali, got in touch um, to say that she, having listened to the most recent episode. On uh, that had Lionheart on it, so she really liked Lionheart. She thought he sounded like a really nice guy, which is <sighs> lovely. I just wonder why people never say that about us. No, like, I know she have... was, she was on the show and she didn't even say that. About <laughs> us. I was going to say we've we have loads of people write in saying that our guests are great. Yeah, Ellie was great. Lionheart's great. Yeah, we've got the record. They, they both are, but you know, show they us are, some love. Come on. I think CT said the same in Discord. Actually, that he, you he enjoyed. You really enjoyed Lionheart being on on the show. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a sod's life, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. We toil for your amusement. Yeah, clearly. On that note, let's just move on. Forget forget the feedback, and let's just move on to things that we want to talk about. <laughs> yes. So this week, uh, we decided that we hadn't spoken about Star Wars for a while, and I was overdue saying something wildly offensive and stupid so <laughs> here we are i mean my blood pressure is only just normalized after the last time we spoke star wars <laughs> i'm um, not even i sorry. may die <laughs> i'm not even sorry 
Because I, I already know you're going to say something dumb. I've got I, lots I, of I, I, I sense, I don't know, there's there's some disturbance in the force that, that tells me you're going to mention Rian Johnson somehow. Oh, I'm going to absolutely force some Rian Johnson. Right <sighs> well, let's, let's get it over with. <laughs> what we've done is we've each uh, gone back through the through Star Wars and we've tried to pull out our five our top five duels so i guess the first question is uh how did you decide what a duel was because i was watching it going is that a duel or is that just a fight is that a brawl yeah yeah it's a really good question i mean so star wars obviously needs no introduction um but but the interesting thing about star wars is that it's, it's one of those universes where there's very much at least a duality of weapons, right? You have people with ranged things like blasters. Yeah. And then you have people with, with big laser swords. And it works because the laser swords can deflect the blaster shots. And so, mm. you know, that kind of works. But, and I, I don't really know why. I think this is entirely sort of subconscious. But I pretty much only looked at lightsaber duels. Yeah. And, 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 and I also, this is... This is this is also fights of sort of usually two people, maybe if, maybe like three or four, but never anything yeah. huge, I think, should be said as well. Yeah. I think that's similar to what I did. I, I, say I haven't gone exclusively lightsabers, but I sort of also have. But yeah, it's basically what I, I went for, like a sustained multi-scene fight between two to three, four people. Multi-scene, that, that's interesting. Or, um, no, I know, you, I know what you mean. Yeah. Shot, yeah. Right? Um, but oftentimes uh, cut more than that. So inter- intercut with, with other um, scenes from, from the film. Yeah, I... It's not a very scientific definition of a duel. No, no, it isn't. One of the problems that I faced was actually trying to think of blaster-related duels. There's not many. There aren't many, no. I guess the Mandalorian would provide a lot the of... The Mandalorian probably does, material yeah. for, that sort of, for that sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, how, how I, guess, to... I guess maybe Solo. Did, uh, did you consider Solo? I didn't even think of Solo, even though it's oh, the best film in the Solo franchise. franchise. Or second best film in the franchise. I did consider Solo and then discounted it because it didn't have a lightsaber fight. <laughs> Which probably shows where my biases lie. No, um, I suppose you've got the fight at the end of Solo in the weird yacht with Paul Bettany, which is excellent. But it just doesn't really make the cut to me. And I, I think the problem with the blaster... Is the, it's quite hard to have, and the Mandalorian does it very well. It's quite hard to have a duel with a blaster. In the I same think way that's that you, that's it. Because yeah. obviously, laser swords you have like like essentially a sword fight, basically. So you can have back and forth. It can take up time. You can show who's winning, who's losing, and then you can have shifts and catch up and all of that. Black blaster, lots of the blaster fights in 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 Star Wars. So in Solo, in Rogue One, uh, Han versus Greedo is the classic example. They're over in one or two shots. They're over in one or two shots like Han versus Greedo. And that, that one I did admittedly consider. I think it's, it's a really close one. It, it is, but it, it's got that Western vibe, you know, like a quick draw, bang, dead. Yeah. And, and that, that was great. But the other gunfights are just sort of, 
they're either over very quickly or, or people hide behind things and just start shooting. It didn't have a dual vibe. No, not in the same way. Not in the same way. Um, oh. no, du- using the word dual to define a dual is not helpful. But uh, what's a dual? Well, it's a dual. Well, you're not. You're not. You're not here for education, are you? So <laughs> quite the opposite, no. in fact. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think. I think it's the sort of thing you know it when you see it, as well. Like maybe. But yeah, and let's be honest, it's swords. Swords are cool. That's basically and, it. and, and civilized. So, That's so I guess the format. Sorry, was that? <laughs> just also you know, shiny swords. Shiny, very shiny, yeah, very shiny. But I guess the way that we'll we'll do this is we'll do our usual uh, bottom to top style. Did you want to do you do one, I do one, or shall I just run through mine? Um, and then you can do yours, or vice versa. I I think we just do do our usual back and forth. Okay, um, but we we perhaps set the scene a little bit. Um, Yes, uh, just just to re- refresh everyone's memory as to what what we're talking about. Um, you can kick us off for a start. I feel it's usually me. Okay, so in my number five spot, I have the pre lightsaber duel between Yoda and Count Dooku in Attack of the Clones. Now this takes place towards the climax of the film, uh, and it is a purely Force, so for the uninitiated, magic based. <laughs> well, then we have tinfoil already. Uh, magic based duel between uh, the sort of absolute paragon of good that is Yoda and Count Dooku, who is a sort of fallen Jedi, played by Christopher Lee, who is obviously Excellent, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's got ever, it's got lightning bolts, it's got falling rock. I think at some point Dooku throws like a barrel at Yoda. It's it's amazing. I I think it's great, and it's really let down by the following scene, which is Yoda and Dooku having a lightsaber fight. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when you started talking, you said Yoda and Dooku. I thought, oh no, he's not serious, is he? Because um, no, that... it's, it's it's a really specific bit of that fight. And yeah. I'll come. I, I think I'll, I think we'll come back to it. I'll come back to why I think that's. That's so, so yeah, because I've actually got an honourable mention for that as well, but we'll we'll mm. put a pin in it. Um, my number five, and I know that you're traditionally very weak when it comes to <laughs> to these. Oh dear, is, is Ahsoka versus Maul in the Clone Wars TV show? This is in season seven, episode ten. But Darth Maul's dead. <laughs> Darth Maul might be. Um, no, Maul is very much still alive. Yes. Um, so this. I don't really honestly know the context because the Clone Wars gets very confusing. But it's the TV show that takes place between episodes two and three of the prequels. And Ahsoka is Anakin Skywalker's Padawan learner. And I think she she sort of finds out that Maul is somewhere and he's there to kill Anakin. She confronts mm-hmm. him. And what I really like about this one is that, that the setup for it is Maul tries to explain to her that he sees that Anakin is... is going to fall and is going to be a real shit show. And Ahsoka maybe kind of believes that maybe doesn't, but she ultimately then says, no, you're wrong, and she, they fight. So that's a really nice setup to the fight, and I think it's also an incredibly well-choreographed fight that isn't too over-the-top. Yes. There's a lot of the animated series, are, they're a bit too too cartoony, and it gets <laughs> gets a bit too crazy. But that one I thought was really 
nicely paced. It wasn't unrealistic, mm. you know, as unrealistic as lightsaber battles are. Yeah, no, I it's it's very good. Yeah, so I enjoy that one. I also like a bit of double double wielding when it comes to lightsabers. It's always fun it, to yeah. see. Yeah, <laughs> Ahsoka having a lightsaber in each hand and Maul having his saber staff makes for really quite a quite a, a lot of shiny swords. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. It's very very good. I've not seen the Clone Wars or Rebels, so none of that's in my uh, in, none of those is in, are in my list. <laughs> You're missing out. Some good stuff. Yeah, I, I keep being told this. Yeah, we never listen, do you? No. Number number four. Oh, so I for number four have the duel between Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader in A New Hope. So this Obi-Wan. is the first. You mean old Ben? Sorry, old Ben Kenobi uh, and, and and Vader. This this Never takes place. That line. Sorry, go on. I'll just mutter in the background. I'm trying really hard to be helpful <laughs> to our listeners here. Um, this takes place on the Death Star, so they're surrounded by futuristic corridors, sliding doors, robots, all of that sort of thing. And they this is just essentially two men who are not very good at lightsaber fights for whatever reason, standing sort of swinging swords at each other. And it sounds awful, and it's really good, because it's the first lightsaber fight that we see Mm. in any Star Wars film, and it has such narrative importance and such massive payoff. It's just the fact that the actual choreography is, is not great is sort of irrelevant i think it's interesting that you mentioned that and we'll, we'll get back to that because i have i've got some views on that as well um, I, yeah I, I may be being slightly harsh to it there i think it's incredibly well choreographed for what it is yeah no it's, it's a good choice i, d- I don't uh, disapprove of that for me number four and i, I can already feel that you may be going to shout at me a little bit for this one <laughs> okay because it might be too low. I don't know. I, I struggled a little bit with the order of, of all of these, actually. Okay. Um, but for me, it is Obi-Wan versus Anakin Skywalker on Mustafar in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. This is the crowning duel of the whole prequel trilogy. You know, the master fighting his apprentice. All because he loved a woman, essentially. <laughs> and he couldn't quite deal with it. Yeah, that I mean, there's there's so much emotion in that fight. Yeah, and you can really tell, like both the actors, I think, did a phenomenal, phenomenal, a phenomenal job. Uh, yeah, and presumably they're stunt doubles as well. They're beautifully choreographed. You can really see that it meant something to those two uh, duelists. And of course, you know, I love Joannikin. I have the high ground. So many yeah. excellent lines in there. And yeah, just what a beautiful way to end uh, what was a little bit of a, no, uh, <laughs> a little bit yeah. of a letdown of a trilogy. But uh, yeah, it, fantastic it's so, fight. It's so well set as well. So it's also, it's also dark. Um, so, so much of it, all you can really see is their lightsabers. And then mm. they go outside and there's all the lava and it's still really dark. So they're underlit by lava and you've got all this like really clever shadow aspect playing across Anakin's face. No, I I agree. It's phenomenal. It it is on my list as well, but higher because I have taste. 
<laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> number number three, uh, I have the duel that has been christened the duel of the fates purely because of that is the 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 name of the song that plays during it. Um, this is the the, the fight between uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, Qui Gon Jinn, played by Liam Neeson, and mm. uh, Darth Maul. At the end of episode one, at the end of A Phantom Menace, it's just it's just excellent. It's got Darth Maul's double ended lightsaber. It's the first time we see anything like that in Star Wars. He's, yeah, so cool. He's like all red and black and tattooed, and he's got horns, and he just looks like the devil. And he like growls at them and stuff, which is amazing. And it's so cinematic. Um, and the music is just so good. And it's got some again. It has a great emotional payoff um, with the the death of of Liam Neeson and Obi Obi Wan, sort of overcoming that and going on to 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 win and cut Darth Maul in half and kill him. Critically, when Darth Maul has the high ground, exactly. <clears throat> no, yeah, I mean, what a fight that is, right? Uh, taking place through the needlessly massive palace generator system that's never quite explained why it exists and things like that and there's all it it, it, it happens over three dimensions it's just really well done <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll talk i think a bit about star wars architecture at some point because it, it, it's just non- nonsense isn't it yeah what i like about dual defense so for me it's also at number three dual defense it is, it is it is excellent but i also particularly like that because that is a multi-scene fight. Yeah, it's cut and, between two other fights. Isn't yeah, it? and and I think all the fights are really entertaining. Like there, there's such solid action in that entire section of the of the film. It's really good. Well, this is this is the conversation that we had in our last Star Wars episode. Phantom Menace is so harshly treated in hindsight. I think compared uh, with uh, yeah. There's a lot bad about it, but the the final third I think is really good. The final third is really good, and there's bits in the first two thirds that are okay. It's, it's just the bits that are bad are really jarringly bad. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> That's very true. That's the problem. Um, so yeah, t- 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 um, number three for Jill the Fates for both of us. Interesting. Yeah, no, nothing more need be said. Um, number two for me, you've already said it. It's the Obi Wan versus Anakin fight at the end of Revenge of the Sith on Mustafar. I'm sure we'll come back to talk about it. Yeah, entirely fair. Um, um I just I think as you say, it's it's the it's the payoff to the whole trilogy. Yeah. Um, it's also the fight that we know has been coming from beat one of meeting Anakin in in Phantom Menace. Yeah, no. Fantastic fantastic choice. Um, which is interesting then, because it seems that we've we've got reversed two and four spots. Um, for because for me at number two, it's it's Ben versus Darth Vader in A New Hope. Okay, that's really interesting. I, yeah, I, not reason... not, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that right off the bat, not because it's a better fight, <laughs> because let's be honest, <laughs> unless you watch the sort of the remade uh, edition on YouTube that someone's gone and done, which is really very good. Um, but we'll we'll, we'll come into why I think. It's such a it's such an excellent fight. It really is. It it, it is, and I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of that conversation you've convinced me that it should be higher. Well, no, because part of that is is headcanon I have, and if there's anything we know from this show is that you 
do not get on with my headcanon very often. No, uh, it's very, very true. <laughs> your headcanon you're, is nonsense. You'll probably strike it from your list altogether. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be bad. Uh, <laughs> you managed to put me off that scene. <laughs> okay, so my, my number one spot, my very top spot, is the fight in Empire Strikes Back between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader that takes place through the bowels of Cloud City. Yeah, another needlessly complicated setting. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. What are they doing? Why Why do they have these tunnels? Anyway, um, yeah, this is... It, <laughs> it's really good. This is the first time we see Luke Skywalker really wielding a lightsaber, like, properly. Um, it's the first time we see him go up against Darth Vader, who's set up as this nemesis figure in A New Hope. And also Luke gets his ass kicked, and I'm a big fan of heroes getting their ass kicked and it's also got that the the classic i am your father line Mm. which is so well acted it's so well done and if you don't know it's coming i imagine it must just be such a massive gut punch i don't know that there's anyone in the world who know capable of watching that film and not knowing it's coming but even even then it still carries so much weight so that, that makes my number one spot. It really, it really does. You know, it, it's it's oh, what a scene, what a fight. Um, and I'm gonna be honest here. I I really agonized over that fight, mm. and it's not in my number one. So it didn't make my top five. It didn't make your top and, five at and, all. And I'm I'm still not sure about that. <laughs> I don't. I I can't really quite justify it in my own head, but. Yeah, we'll get onto it. Yeah, um, yeah, which which means that you've obviously missed the best clearly fight in the obviously. entire Star Wars universe. Right, it's um, probably got an honourable mention. I do have all of Rian Johnson's fight scenes in my honourable mentions. Don't worry. So, of course, of course, I would give a number one spot to a Rian Johnson one. Um, no, it is in fact in Rebels, so you've probably not seen it. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I probably have done actually. I probably, it is, yeah, the ultimate final proper death of Maul at the hands of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it's, it's for me, so this happens in, in Rebels. Again, I forget the context of, of why they're all there, but uh, Maul runs into Obi-Wan on Tatooine. And oh, it's, just, it's just such a... I don't know, there's almost a sense of catharsis there for Maul. And they have a conversation, it's all really poignant, and then it is just a phenomenal duel. It's so impressive. We need, we need to talk about that more. I think we need to come back to that as as your number one spot because yeah, I it's almost not a duel. It's almost not a duel, but it's almost yeah. It's almost the most logic, the, the most sort of true to what I think proper sword duels would be like. Yes, I think that's very fair. Uh, especially sort of in, in old Japanese culture, I think. You know, when you see people wielding katanas in films, they're just clashing endlessly. Whereas I think the duel between Obi-Wan and Maul there is, is more alike to what would have happened in real life, you know. Essentially one or two parries and then someone ends up dead. Yeah. And it's great. <laughs> yeah, you can't just smash swords against each other. It just doesn't... It's not yeah. practical, I don't think. Cool. No, so we've got... A couple of both similar and quite different lists there. 
Now you said you agonised a bit over your list. What what nearly made it? So so my top four, uh, I was very certain of. Okay, and, and I remember when we first discussed this this episode, I was I was quite dismissive. I thought, oh, now, now we're going to get a top, you know, anything going. Mm. I can't even think of five fights. And then when you generally sit down and think about them, you're like, oh yeah, that fight's really good. Oh yeah, that fight's really good. Um, so but, but the top four was was crystal clear in my mind. So it came down to the number five spot for me. Yeah, uh, and and the ones that I sort of had in the running for it there. Obviously, the one I went for, which is Ahsoka versus Maul in the Clone Wars. Um, and I sort of threw that in as, as a sort of, you know, the Clone Wars can get it right. <laughs> that, that animated TV, because a lot of them aren't, aren't, aren't that good. Um, then I also had, I, I thought, well, Luke versus Vader, because it's so iconic. Yeah. Um, and then then two that, that, kind of, that I kind of really enjoy are Ahsoka versus Darth Vader again in Rebels. I don't think I don't know that I've seen that one, but I'm it's sure it's it's, good. it's really good. I think it's like a, a season finale where Ahsoka well essentially fights Darth Vader and then she realizes that it is Anakin. And that just has all these emotional repercussions. And at the end of it, it almost looks like both of them die in the fight because you know, everything sort of yeah. collapses, but it's you know, Star Wars, so obviously. No. Everyone's fine. Yeah. And then one that I sort of <laughs> I toyed with the idea because it's it's the only time you really see Darth Sidious in a duel. Um, and no, I'm not going to say the one in episode two, or episode three, rather. Um, but this is one in the Clone Wars where he fights more than uh, Savage Opress, who's Maul's brother. Okay. Uh, Sidious being Palpatine, you know, the Emperor, whatever you want to call him. Just because, you know, the Emperor's a great guy. It's, not, it's nice to see him in action. Um, Does he fight with a lightsaber in that? Two. Wait, what? He's, he's a dual wielder, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, but, I think we've killed Sean. Good. Mission accomplished. It's like people don't understand the things they're writing about. No, fair, fair it, it's it's yeah, I don't know where that choice came from because in the films he definitely only has one lightsaber, doesn't he? Well in, in uh, does he fight Yoda with two? No, he fights Yoda with one. He fights Windu and extras with one. He never draws a lightsaber in Empire in uh, Return of the Jedi, and is incredibly scathing and dismissive of them. And I think that get the the the, the one fight. So I've got a, a li- list of ones that are nearly made my list, and then I've got a a dishonorable mention, which I. That fight that you already alluded to, Yoda and Sidious in Revenge of the Sith in the Senate <laughs> chamber, where they're throwing fucking SUVs at each other and what have you, and also Sidious has a lightsaber, and also Yoda has a lightsaber, and I just hate all of that. Neither of them should have lightsabers. It's just so that, that's that's a really interesting point. So so what, what's transpiring is that we don't like Palpatine fighting with lightsabers. No, and I don't like Yoda fighting with a lightsaber either. No, so Palpatine versus Yoda, yeah, that's not a good fight. Um, my dishonorable mention was also going to be Palpatine versus Mace Windu, Kit Fisto, Agent Kola, and Saiz Till. Oh, I don't even know how you say that last name. Teen? Teen, I think. Um, the reason I wanted to say all the names is because nobody knows who the fuck those people were in the film. 
Like, let's be honest. It yeah, took a bunch of, books and a bunch of extended things to, to aren't, name them. Aren't, aren't they all characters in Clone Wars, though? Uh, Kit Fisto is. I don't Did, know about the others, to be honest. I, I, I sort of assumed that they spent most of Clone Wars. Like... Because I've definitely seen episodes of Clone Wars that at least Kit Fisto is in. And they spend they spend a lot of time on Kit Fisto trying to make sure that you know people realize he's not as shit as he looked in the films. Yeah, because in the films they all die like dickheads, and it's really funny. It's really funny. It's it literally it, is. I am the Senate, which is like, fantastic. Mace Mace Windu tries <laughs> to die in the help of literally the most powerful Jedi who exists, and pulls three blokes out of dead end <laughs> bookshelves or I whatever. Know in the Jedi library and then just takes them to die. It's really funny. It's so, so bad. It's such a bad um, scene. Because also then, because Mace Windu is always built up as, you know, one of the strongest duelists the Jedi Order has seen. I mean, he creates his own form of lightsaber combat, which is a big deal. Yeah. And then he's he takes three, what we then learn are Jedi Masters, to face Palpatine. We've not seen Palpatine fight before. And it's so disappointing because he does some weird spin, and he's really slow in the film. Like, like he moves so slowly, Palpatine. and yet none yeah. of them, none of them block anything. Yeah. And Doesn't, then before you know it, Windu just has him down. It's like, oh, that wasn't very exciting. Kit, Kit Fisto gets like one swing in. <laughs> yeah, I guess like one swing in, but you know, Kit Fisto gets one swing in. Palpatine blocks it, growls at him like a goblin, and then he's dead. <laughs> The growling, yeah, the growling is very strange but as well. There's, there's so much they could have done with that, right? So, well, I'm going to talk about things that are not on our list, Barry, because this that scene annoys me so much, and it, and the Yoda scene annoys me so much, and it's to, it's all like, maybe some of that fancy lightning stuff that he likes so much. Lightning, right? or even don't use lightning, right? Lightning could be like his go-to thing, but he doesn't use it there. He could do something else. I don't know. There, are, there are tales in the like. Star Wars Legends extended universe crap about Sith Masters who are so strong they can literally just pull people's life force out of them. Yeah. But imagine if he did that, right? He just waves his hand and two of them fall over dead. That's shit, but like you, you could make it clear that he is an order of magnitude scarier than anything we've seen so far, right? Count Dooku with his lightning and is able to stand up to Yoda. Has nothing on this guy, right? This this guy rips someone's life out yeah. of them. He crushes someone else to a you know cubic foot or whatever it is, and 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 then maybe he's forced to draw a lightsaber because he can't do that to Windu or something like that. Like, but it's it's a real problem with the state that we're at with the Jedi Order in their films and the Sith because yeah. I think there's been a massive sort of. Like the opposite of a power creep, like a power bleed almost. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Where, where, where you read about, um, you know, some of the stuff that happened in the old Republic and the, and the Jedi and the Sith there, as you say, literally just tearing people's life force out. Yeah, there's, there's doesn't doesn't Revan have an apprentice who you can't be in the same room as him? Because <laughs> he's that, he's just that, like, yeah, he's that scary. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think it's just the level that Palpatine never reaches. Like, he's, he's the scariest... And maybe, Force maybe user, I guess, but he just he, yeah. maybe maybe that's it. Maybe the 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 reason that you don't see that is that actually for he all that he's the most powerful, as you say, most powerful Force user we see. Actually, Sheev Palpatine's just a bit of a chump, yeah. and all of the magic is going out of the world. Maybe that's what it is. But 
I don't know. It just pisses me yeah, off. Yeah, and I think this leads us on to Yoda with a lightsaber. Yeah, and I don't, I, I don't know what I feel about it. I maybe the answer is that I don't mind Yoda with a lightsaber. I hate the way Yoda fights with a lightsaber. Now I will preface this: when I first watched that film at, I don't know, twelve yeah. years old. So, I, know what, like I know what you're about to say, and I agree. Like with you. I love that scene. I was like, oh my yeah, god, Yoda, he's so Yoda. fast. Yeah, like, and it's you can't amazing. even see him. And then now I, I rewatch it as an adult. And it's like they virtually never hit each other. <laughs> Yeah, Yoda's just jumping around, and, and Christopher <laughs> and Paul, just stood there, Christopher like... Lee is wandering around, going, "Where the fuck's this little guy gone?" <laughs> it's so bad. So, so, so they've, and we've, I think we've talked about this before, right? That I think the prequels are, are, are much more aimed at kids, and yeah, are phenomenally good at that. So yeah, they're wrong, aimed at the know. kids of Star Wars fans. Exactly, exactly, and they, and they they worked wonders because that you know, <laughs> here we are talking about them sitting here talking about them exactly. <laughs> 18 years later, or whatever it is. Um, but no, that that's... In hindsight, it's, it's slightly poor choreography. It's, you you once said to me what I think was a much greater alternative ending for that duel. I don't know if you remember. Oh, is this the one where Yoda kills him? No, this is the one where they have... Where they have the one that you you talked about, the sort of the preset the for, the fight, force, the force yeah. fight, which I, I actually think is really well done. It is really well done, especially the, the time that where you see Yoda catch force lightning, which is an incredibly big deal because we've never seen anyone do that yeah. before. The the closest we've seen is, is the thing where Obi Wan uses his lightsaber, and it just goes away. Yeah, he just basically goes, "Yeah, come on, try harder." That's so impressive, and I want Yoda to be doing stuff like that. Exactly, because because the the idea you get from that interaction is that like Dooku is is like the most insane thing we've seen so far really you know as a Sith yeah uh, lord um, and he throws everything he's got at Yoda and Yoda kind of just he's like yeah whatever mate you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> what else you got and he says he says the line right oh much to learn you still have my young apprentice exactly um, but the way you described it to me and which I thought was actually excellent is that you essentially have Dooku get his lightsaber out take a swing at Yoda and just it just doesn't like it just stops oh, inches yeah. from him because Yoda's like, nah. Yoda holds <laughs> up a finger, and that's how Yoda block. Yoda doesn't need a lightsaber. Yeah, and that's when he says the line, "Much to learn, you still have." Yeah, he essentially, just like blocks everything about Dooku. That's that's sort of when you said that, I was like, "That's phenomenal." You should have written films as opposed to George Lucas. And then uh, I said other things about Star Wars, and you went, "Please never speak again." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You had one moment of glory, and because the, the other one, the other shit. one that I've, the other one that I've seen for that. Which probably doesn't work with their planned story structure, is that you have the Yoda and Dooku force fight exactly the same way, and then Yoda Dooku draws his lightsaber, and Yoda looks really upset and really resigned, and he draws his light. He doesn't look determined. He looks genuinely sorrowful, and Dooku like leaps at him or does like charges at him or whatever, does whatever he does, and you just focus on. Dooku, the whole shot, right? And you just have, at the very last moment, there's just like a flash of green and Yoda's standing on the other side of the room mm. and Dooku just like, I don't know, his head falls off or he, he just got he's got a hole burnt right through his chest or something like that and you can yeah, get a yeah, sense yeah. that like wow. Right, that, that's, Yoda. that's Yeah, that's an old school Japanese style. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You go, exactly like you were saying, you go to that old school Japanese style 
You don't have Yoda leaping around or anything like that because that's just not realistic. You just go, he's just that fast. That's no, I like that. Yeah, that's why he's so scary. He's just that fast. Well, and and I'd like that he he'd be reluctant to draw his lightsaber because it's such a he, he doesn't he doesn't draw his lightsaber until the very last moment. Yeah. And he's still got time to do it. But even just the idea of it, because I think Yoda definitely just doesn't agree with you know using it. No, exactly. He carries one because it's the mark of the the order, yeah. and what have you. But it's it's so last resort is the other way you could do that. Yeah. That said, I, I did have an honourable mention in there for the way he draws his lightsaber in that fight because it's oh yeah, that's it's great. so badass, and and you can you can see in his face that it's not really where he wants to go, mm. but you know he's like, well, you know, if this is how you want to settle it, we'll settle it. <laughs> yeah, he draws it draws it with the force, which is um, it's the only time we ever see someone do that just because they can. Yeah, because it's just second nature. It's like easier than using your, you know muscles yeah i'm i'm old i'm not going to reach across my body for this yeah no no that's yeah what is it interesting there's there's so much potential in that scene it's yeah and you've just come off the fight between anakin and obi-wan and dooku which i i actually think gets something of an honorable mention it's it's weirdly paced i think but it really sets up Dooku as like re- uh, an incredibly dangerous foe if he's it, able it, to take out Anakin and Obi Wan. Who it does, it does. Yeah. It does. You're absolutely right. Um, but the pacing and that is often because because what they want to achieve is yeah, oh, Dooku's this badass. But the way they get about it, I feel, is so clumsy. Uh, which is I'm part not... of the problem. This is stepping out of the in-universe problem. It's part of the problem that they couldn't find a stuntman who looked like Christopher Lee. So he's... <laughs> it's entirely possible, yeah. It's entirely <laughs> the, whole, possible. the whole fight is done at Christopher Lee at 97, or whatever age he was, pace. Because that's the way it is, yeah. Because they also zoom in on his face a lot, don't they? Yeah, there's a lot of... Look, it's definitely him as he's essentially fencing yeah. with people. Which is cool. I, li- I like his lightsaber with the little curve in it. It's so unnecessary, but I like it. There are a lot of unanswered questions with that sort of thing as well, because I think it's the first time we see Obi-Wan use a lightsaber to to absorb the lightning, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. Anakin gets hit by it. Cause he's Anakin hit. gets fucked up by it, and it's really fun. But it sort of makes you wonder, like, you know, if the Sith hasn't been around for centuries, how do all these Jedi know how to deal with this stuff? Well, Yoda can <laughs> use Force lightning. Yeah, yeah, quite clearly. But Yoda was it. probably there when the last Sith were around. Yeah, probably. Um, so, no, no, that, it, it was good, but then yeah, they just both fall a little, little too easily. Like I get that you want to make Dooku seem more powerful and stuff, but there's there's better ways to have done it. I think. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. What else? What <coughs> else? What what fights have we not spoken about that people might have expected us to? Well, I guess there's two that people would have expected me to talk about. <laughs> oh, no. So I'm gonna gonna open with really. The we, do you want to do you want to do this now? Go okay. with the less controversial one first, uh, which is the quote-unquote duel between Luke Skywalker and Kylo Ren in Last Jedi. And this, yes. you have to give me this. This is good. Oh no, I, I have that as an honorable mention as well. Good, I'm glad. This is yeah. It takes place on a salt-based planet for some reason, um, and Luke Skywalker actually isn't there. He's a Force hologram. 
which is what's a salt that goes red when you step on it salt that goes red when you step on it and so there's lots of tip like hints throughout the scene that luke's not there and he's just essentially toying with kylo ren ben solo who is set up as the sort of this art this series darth vader character and it's it's really good and then it ends with i think luke just walking into the lightsaber to be like, I'm not even here. What are you playing at? Yeah, and then he dies because doing a force projection across the galaxy is really difficult. Or something. no, that that is where it loses me. It's just, it, just it, why it, it goes goes potentially a step too far. But it's it's a really well done, especially, especially when Ray and Kylo are force projecting towards each other constantly without dying. Yeah, but we're told that someone but, else but, does it. But like Jedi massive grandmaster Luke, you know, he struggles. No, no that, that, that actual fight is really good. It also happens at some because because at that point you're like, oh my god, how the hell is this gonna, you know, what's what's gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. And you know, Luke gets bombarded by all the things, and you're like, That's oh my so god, good. so cool. He uh, take he takes the like essentially full force of the First Order's military, steps to like, waits for the the smoke to dissipate, steps forward and rubs some ash off his cloak, which is really such really a, such a move. Such a great movie. Uh, and also, I maintain something that Luke Skywalker would have actually done. That's a perfectly in-character moment for Luke. Yes, 100%. So, your second one, then, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and say is also in the yeah. horror that is TLJ. It's the throne room fight. Is it, is it the extended duel between two ships flying really slowly? No, it's not, although that actually should be... should be. In. I'm not sure you can call it a duel if uh, one of them is just running away. Um. I think, well, I think I think there has to be. <laughs> eventually, they do turn around and shoot back. <laughs> they do, and then they win. Just using the ship. <laughs> no, it's the the battle or the duel in the throne. I, I don't think it's a duel. I think that's why it didn't make my list. But the fight in the throne room of um. Oh yeah, <sighs> yeah, yeah. That's one Snoke. that I also wouldn't have reclassed as a duel. I guess. Yeah, Snoke Snoke's throne room between Kylo Ren and Rey. And Snoke's weirdly armed throne guard, and I just, I, I just think it's really fun. I think it's really well choreographed. I think it does some interesting things with like shot angles and and stuff like that. And it also highlights that like if you're not a well trained Jedi and you go up against seriously well trained soldiers with the right equipment, you're not just going to win because you've got a lightsaber, which I quite yeah. like. They do win, but only just. No, you know what? I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It's it's very cinematic. Mm. The whole place is very red. It is very red. <laughs> it's, it's almost like they're being like, if you if you guys are still not sure, this is the you know these are the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and everything's on fire at the end. That's that's one bit I still don't get. Like I know a ship's just frozen, but why is why is that whole room just on fire? It's it's all very strange, but. The interaction you have between Ray and Kylo Ren, I think, throughout is is quite good. Oh, like when they throw their lightsabers to each other and like yeah. activate them through someone's face and stuff like that. I think it, I think it's really well done. I think it's good fun. It's just sort of like, is this fight scene going to be fought with the straight up sex scene? You know, is this is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's serious. There's, there's some serious pent up energy in that. Scene the, as well, the tension is, really is something. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that then, one then, that was pretty good, actually. Yeah, there's that. that. There's that heart wrenching moment where they've they've killed everyone and 
you know, turn to each other and you think they're going to have the, you know, the passionate kiss or the... Yeah, the adult the, hug. The, the adult hug. <laughs> the fade to black moment. And instead, Kylo Ren has his turn to evil moment or his turn back to evil moment, I guess. And it's, it's, it is, that does actually pack an emotional punch. I think. Maybe I'm just a sap. Maybe. See, the, the problem, and we're back to ranting about TLJ. I, I, I think it that whole thing needed just a bit more time. No, that's fair. That's fair. I'll give you, I'll give you that it happens inexplicably quickly. <laughs> the, the whole romance happens quickly, and then the fact that Ben was a good guy, and then instantly was like, actually, you're not. No, I'm not. <laughs> then, like, is, this, is this some sort of like space schizophrenia? What's going on I'm here? a good guy for the 30 seconds that it takes us to kill these 18 people and cut that fellow over there in half. Um, With, but, you know, using using the force to get the lights over, which is quite... It's quite well done. Quite it's quite well done. It's quite um, nice. I think. Yeah, but Snoke in general is just problematic. No, that's that's he that's is. a decent honourable mention. Um, I was trying to see if I had any Kylo Ren ones. No, other other than the one versus Luke. I've got I've got a couple actually. He features in three of my honourable mentions. Uh, you're such I a Ben Solo fan, aren't you? I really am a Ben Solo fan. Um, I I have an honourable mention for Kylo Ren versus Finn in Oh Origins. no, come in, on! In the in the in the snow in the trees, I, only because right, you're be, the the all of the pacing of Force Awakens is building up to both Finn and Rey being Force sensitive, and like they're they're going to be like dual heroes and all of that, and then it turns out that Finn just doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and he gets his ass handed to him and it's really funny it's really really it's funny just, no you're not wrong there it's actually really funny <laughs> just how shit for because because ren's injured at that point as well isn't he yeah ren has taken a wookie bowcaster to the chest which yeah. we have been hit over the head through the entire film is you will of, just die <laughs> you just, it, it it knocks you 10 meters back kind of thing right so and he keeps punching himself in the chest because he's aggressively metal and all of that, and and he still like essentially cuts Finn in half. Like, it's just Finn's really so shit. It's just really really funny. But there is also the fight between Finn and the other stormtrooper, right? Where Finn picks up the lightsaber. Oh, it gets his ass kicked. <laughs> exactly, just gets his ass kicked by some random stormtrooper. Yeah, no, that's the thing because you you get the sense when he when he draws the lightsaber in the forest. You, yeah, you, you, your mind goes back to that, and your mind goes, "Oh, he must. This must be the time. This, he is, this is the, the moment, forest, yeah. or something like that." <laughs> he just doesn't yeah so that, that really nicely highlights your your point like if you pick up a lightsaber you are not instantly good <laughs> finn finn exemplifies that he, no, he lives that absolutely um I just, I, I just really picks like up it. a lightsaber a few times and just gets fucking you know killed uh, yeah, pretty it, much both times his, his life expectancy goes down dramatically while holding a lightsaber yes you're a big kylo ren fan interesting interesting one one that i think we should talk about uh again one of the films obi-wan okay. versus general grievous just ah. because grievous is so weird <laughs> for starters yeah. and it also it's it. another one that gave us some great lines i mean hello there yeah. so uncivilized so this is fantastic Obi-Wan. stuff this is this is this is ewan mcgregor in the prime of his acting career ah 
facing up again. <laughs> Prime Obi Wan, yeah. Um, so magnificently bearded, flowing long hair, um, facing up against uh, like a robot with lungs. A really, a really badly assembled robot that's got like a pair of lungs, a heart, and eyeballs. Nothing else. Eyeballs, yeah. It has, really. that, it has human or alien eyeballs? Sounds like it he's been smoking for years. <laughs> Uh, but also wields four lightsabers in some sort of really confusing whirling death configuration, and they they yeah they battle across like a bunch of sinkholes in a on on a quite green planet, and yeah there are some great lines. You're absolutely right. And this also has an excellent use of the force, which I think there needs to be more of. When you know Obi Wan goes drops down, says the the immortal hello there line, General Grievous six his his guards on them on him and obi-wan drops like a 10 ton container on them yeah 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 that's just that's like, really good die you're, uh, you're right the force is massively underused in a lot of these duels don't you think yeah i think a lot of the time because they cancel each other out right you see it in see i'm glad you say that <laughs> see it on on mustafar i think with like, Obi-Wan and, and Anakin sort of try and use the force against each other but they seem to be able to oh, resist yeah, that's good, yeah. and stuff until that one time where they like fling each other across the room and it's really impressive. And they're like trying desperately to hold hands and they just can't quite do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you love me? I don't love you! <laughs> oh. No, so so that's, that's I think, a really interesting point and I think um, maybe nicely segues on to my number one and also, yeah. therefore, my number two. So, so Obi-Wan versus Maul in Rebels. Okay. There's there's so, there's so many layers to it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel right. It's a short, which I quite enjoy sometimes in a duel. Yes, and it's it's quite realistic. There's also a death in it, which I think is actually unusual. in the grand scheme of things unusual. Uh, the the three Jedi Masters that Sidious kills, notwithstanding. <laughs> yeah, there are there are no deaths in. I assume, given that apparently Mole survives getting cut in half, the, there is only one death in my five duels. Yeah, and so and this it's and, real. and it's it's the duel of the fates, which I think makes the Obi Wan versus Maul fight particularly exceptional. Um, and it's 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 a clear demonstration to me that Obi Wan at that point in his life, and this is this is on Tatooine, very near the start of A New Hope. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, not necessarily very near, but like a few years before. And he's he's obviously so attuned with the Force that when he faces Maul, I think he's so focused. I think he knows exactly. Almost what's going to happen. I don't want to sort of say he's, he's entirely prescient, but he's he's just so f- centered. Yeah. That he that duel is exactly what it is. And it's it's a it's a complete throwback to Duel of the Fates, right? It's gonna get well, very technical now. <laughs> yeah, which is which is what Liam Neeson does the same thing. So uh, Qui-Gon Jinn is similar, isn't he? Well, Qui-Gon, yeah, because Qui-Gon does that whole thing where he sits down and he centers and then still gets beaten. But I think but I, I I always wonder. Sorry, I'm interrupting your train of thought. Yeah, go, go continue, for it. continue. I I was just wondering whether when you so okay, I don't know why you're listening an hour into this podcast if you haven't seen these. But in case you need reminding, <laughs> in Duel of the Fates, um, Liam Neeson's character midway through they're separated by force fields, so mm. he sits down and meditates. Um, and and Maul, meanwhile, is like pacing and like knocking his lightsaber against the force fields and stuff. And it's 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 really atmospheric. And then 
the forest fields part, Qui-Gon gets up, like, fights with Maul for a bit and then dies. And yeah, I and then just assumed that he knew that was coming. I also think, well, all of them did, right? Because just before the things open, it's almost like you get this sense that Obi-Wan gets this thing of like, oh, fuck. i got to get through. Yeah, Quite going to think Nose is going to die, and I think Maul senses victory. Yeah. So, so I think you're not you're not wrong there, but but what I think is amazing, right? Because if you watch, it, it's again more in in uh, the animated series. Like Obi Wan has a very specific style. You see it in the films quite a bit. You know, where he sticks like his left hand forward and his lightsaber sort of facing the same way. Yeah, it's an aggressive stance. So it's it's form three supposedly the Suresu stance. All right, no. you know, getting super nerdy here, and that's that's his favorite thing, and that's that's. That tends to be how Obi Wan fights. Now he's one of those guys that's really good, so he he has a multiple, yeah, multiple different stances. But that's also how he starts that duel against Maul. He takes up that classic stance of his, okay. And Maul, you know, gets his. It's really cool the way they draw the sabers and the way it gets really tense. But Maul takes on the stance that he took against Qui Gon, okay, right. And and you can see that Obi Wan sees that and he changes his stance to Qui Gon's. Which is apparently form four, the Ataru stance. Okay, right? Is that thing where he just quite classic sword where he just holds it to his side the way Qui Gon always does in these fights. Yeah, it's two two handed, just off to the right. Yeah, pointing straight up as opposed to one handed over and past your head with your left hand extended. For again, for I don't know why I'm still helping. No, me. no, it's it's that's entirely true, and so that's that's a a massive throwback, I think, yeah. to Qui Gon. And that Obi Wan hasn't forgotten, and it also just shows that he's he's transcended because then he knows what Maul's going to do, and Maul does exactly what he does to Qui Gon. He does a few strikes, and then he tries to hit him in the face with the hilt, yeah. which is how he kills Qui Gon. Yep. But Obi Wan obviously anticipates that, and then cuts straight through the hilt and straight through Maul, and that is like over in three strokes. Yeah, it, no, it's just like you know, this guy has got so unbelievably good. <laughs> You're right. You no, can't win. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, he he he's gonna do. He knows what you're gonna do, and he he has the perfect counter for it. Yeah. Um, no, I, it's, I it's such a neat throwback. I thought to. I, to I'll be honest with you. I, I when I watched it recently, I spotted the stance change. I didn't register that he was moving. He was doing what Qui Gon did. I didn't register yeah, that that's what he changes to. It's, Obviously, it's, it is because yeah. I can picture. That scene where you like where it like zooms in on each of their faces and you see Qui Gon's stance and it is that very as you say very classical yeah. sort of very upright, um, but it's it's the strike to the face right which which stuns Qui Gon and then he, he gets it stabbed is, in it is. and that's that's the thing where Obi just cuts straight through him. Um, but then also following on from that, my logic right that Obi Wan is so centered and so good yeah. is also I think Ben versus Darth Vader. Is such a shit fight because here inst- instead of instead of Anakin Skywalker versus Obi Wan Kenobi and Mustafar, you know where they're still kind of young and they yeah it's emotional. The Ben versus Vader fight, like this is a, a proper Sith. Well, I guess he's technically an apprentice, but you know <laughs> he's a th- Sith Lord. He's been a Sith Lord, killing many Jedi for generations. Ben is this old totally centered guy mm-hmm. so so in my head the reason their fight is is so underwhelming is because they essentially just do the whole fight in their heads and they're like well there's no point actually doing the moves because we, we know exactly that he's gonna block and, okay. and so on and so forth and so they just do a few token like touching of swords and then ben obviously does his 
oh, if you strike me down, you know, it's not a big deal. I should become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Which is such a good quote. It's so yeah. good, and then so in my head, I think they ha- they just realized that yeah, they're just doing the fight in their head. Yeah, they're like, well, oh, we we can we can go through the motions here, but <laughs> so my my theory for why it's such a quote unquote shit fight is that you've got Ben Kenobi, who is at this point just an old man, right? He's I don't know how old he's meant to be, but he's also aged really badly on Tatooine. Um, <laughs> Uh, so he's just he's just not the limber master swordsman that um see the problem that, with that already is Obi Wan was because but they they sort of retcon that type of thing when they show Yoda who always uses a walking stick just yeah but Yoda's a different Olympic species, gymnast so it doesn't count right this is this, yeah, I suppose this, that's this a fair point of Star yeah. Wars right Yoda's nine hundred years old but he's also a little goblin species so I don't care what he can do maybe um, maybe. I've always just assumed that because there's there's one of his species is the is a is a is a grandmaster in the Knights of the Old Republic games. I just assume that his species is super force force attuned, um, which is probably species to me, but I don't really care. Um, but no, so I I assume that what we've got there is 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 Ben Kenobi is this old guy. He's not the dazzling swordsman that the Obi Wan was, and on the other side of the fight, you've just got Darth Vader, who's Rusty, like when was the last time yeah. Darth, Vader, Darth Vader fought a Jedi? It, it's unclear by the time a New Hope arrives, right? Because yeah, remember yeah. at the end of Rogue One where he storms the breach and just flat out murders like twenty guys. <laughs> yeah, but they're all just blokes. Yeah, that's true. So he's not fought any. When was the last time he fought? Jedi? And also, the last time he fought Obi Wan, he lost. Right, so he's hyper cautious. And he's not. He's also not super limber. You we, you see that anytime you see Darth Vader fight, he's not limber. He's not leaping around all over the place. His his he's just super strong because he's a robot, right? So, I think the reason that the fight is shit is that these are two people yeah. who are, they know nothing about each other because they've not fought each other in so long. And obviously, Obi Wan's style has changed, and he's never fought. Or he's never seen Darth Vader fight, and 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 also just like they. Maybe the fight does happen in their heads to a degree, but I think I think more than that, the fight is it's it's a it's with words more than anything else. Yeah, which I think is 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 totally yeah emblematic of the of that trilogy. Mm. That the um, fights are more about yeah the the scene in which they are set rather than Absolutely. the fights themselves. No, I like that theory as well. Ben um, but I, I really like that fight, fight expecting to to win it as well. That's the other thing. He, yeah, he yeah, knows Ben's, he's yeah. not going to win that fight. Exactly. I think he goes there to 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 die essentially. Yeah. So that's that's also why he doesn't fight, right? He 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 circles, he shuffles, he talks because every time he every second that he does is a second that he's buying Luke Leia and Han. Yeah. That's the other thing. Luke then sprints towards them. Yeah, cuz <laughs> Luke's an idiot. Look, Luke is an idiot. Um, no, but that's a really good point about Darth Vader. He's 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 made out to be not very limber, but I think it creates arguably the Jedi who has the most efficient lightsaber style ever. And, swing and kill, swing kill, swing kill. <laughs> but it, yeah, then that's the thing. But like he is, and again, you see that more in the animated series. But he fights all these super agile people, mm. and still he he only like he he blocks them, but he does it so easily. Mm. <laughs> Um, and but then it ends up killing him because you know he swings once and it's like a, a fucking house coming down on top of you. Yeah, 
I mean, he's, he's just super strong. I'm not. I'm not sure how much we can take from this, and we're just now talking about Star Wars again. But in the most recent uh, Star Wars video game, Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, spoilers for oh, Fallen yeah. Order if you haven't yeah. finished it. Darth Vader is in that at the very end. Yeah. Oh right. yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. And oh, that was terrifying. It's <laughs> fucking terrifying because you you've become this like what you feel is really quite powerful Jedi, right? You can go through Inquisitors, you fight the head Inquisitor, and eventually, after dying many times because it's a really hard fight, you beat her. And then Darth it Vader a really appears. Really hard fight. <laughs> Darth Vader appears, and you you physically can't fight him. You get near him, you die. And depending on w- which way you get near him, you die in different ways. You like you can actually swing. You, I've managed it. You can actually swing at him, and he blocks it, and then you die. And I, th- I th- <laughs> no, that's absolutely that's that's exactly what Darth Vader is. And I I, th- I think it actually yeah, like you say, it really captures this essence of he's 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 almost like the Terminator from he's just this <laughs> relentless yeah, force. That's quite good actually. That there's just nothing you can do about. It. He's just he's just this force of inevitability really, that he becomes. And it is a bit of a shame, because like Anakin, obviously, in the prequels, is a really nimble swordsman, like you were saying. He's always He always jumps around. He's very, very... His sword spins a lot. He does all sorts of weird things where he, like, holds the lightsaber over his head and then, like, down his back and stuff. And I never quite understood why he would do that. But anyway. And then he goes from that to this, like, you know... Ro- Darth Vader is essentially a robot. Is a- yeah, and, and but it's- but he still somehow. I think they did that really well with Anakin. I think towards the end, where he starts encompassing these things that you see in Vader. Yeah, he but becomes, also Anakin, Anakin style. becomes a lot stronger. You see, there, there's the there's the the fight in the opening scene, right of of Sith. Yes, where he just he just wails on Dooku so hard and so fast that. He, there's just no stopping him. <laughs> yeah, and you see that look of fear go across Dooku's face, which is yeah. really, really quite something. Now, Anakin and, and Darth Vader are quite something. They absolutely are. Um, yeah, a few, few last ones I just want to get in. Okay. Uh, was I wrote down anything with Satil Shan, and I'm referring essentially to the Star Wars: The Old Republic, the multiple, massively multiple online role playing game. Yeah. Their trailers, she was in a lot of them for like the Jedi stuff, and those fights were highly entertaining. She's the she's the Grand, grand Master, Master in, in the, the old Republic, yeah. isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, I, I you can tell there's been a level of like power bleed because the way those guys eat, all fight each other is just on another level. Yeah, I, I played a little bit of that, and you're like, what you can do as a level four Jedi Knight is like, oh, I cut everyone in half. Yeah, Mace, Mace Window would be dead instantly. Yeah, uh, and you don't even have a lightsaber at that point. Um, so that's excellent. And the other one, I thought, just because it's a, such an excellent show that we haven't talked about at all, uh, Mando versus Moff Gideon. Ah, uh, yeah, that, that was that was a really entertaining fight. I thought that that is a very very entertaining fight, uh, made all the better by the fact that it's Pedro Pascal using a spear again. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> no, it was pointed out to me, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah, that is yeah. why so good. He's such a good spearman. Yeah. Um, no, that, that is a phenomenally well done fight. Um, I really really enjoy that. Uh, no, I think um, unless, unless you have some more honourable mentions. Do I have any more honourable mentions? What have I got? No, I think we've spoken about all of them. I, just, I, I think 
the the last thing is is that quote that you found on the Yoda versus Sidious fight in Revenge of the Sith, which we haven't really spoken about other than to complain about it. But well, it's because it's because we it's because it's so shit. That's it, the problem. So shit, but I don't think we fully encompassed just how bad it is. And I think the quote that you you found, which I'll let you read, is sort of sort of nails it. Yeah, this was when I was doing my research, because of course I spend many hours a week researching for these episodes, as you can tell by my vast knowledge. Mm. This was by someone called Vinnie Mancuso on Collider.com, which I'd never heard of, but it was actually very, very well written. Uh, I think they just ranked the, yeah, more or less all the jewels in the films um, cool. in order. And on the subject of Yoda versus Sidious, I thought this was just so appropriate. He says, or she... This one suffers just a little bit because it happens side by side with the much better Anakin versus Obi-Wan fight on Mustafar, which is absolutely right. Yeah. That's absolutely <laughs> um, true. Yeah. Uh, but I also think, for better or worse, the climactic showdown between Yoda and a fully effed up looking Palpatine is pure prequels. It's got lightsaber flips. It's got CGI fuckery as far as the eye can see. It's got Ian McDermott not chewing scenery, but devouring it like a Sarlacc pit. <laughs> Aesthetically, it's an entire mess, but George Lucas has established such an over-the-top, operatic tone at this point that you sort of flow with it. With that mindset, this one gosh dang entertaining battle of sabers, insults, and lightning fingers, uh, the Force's three most powerful weapons. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. If you when you look at it that like that, that's very hard to argue with. It's batshit insane. They. They genuinely do throw like bus-sized hovering platforms at each other in a room that's too big. But I, I think George George Lucas kind of snookered himself, right? Because yeah. they made they made Yoda so fast in the second episode against, yes. uh, against Dooku that they were like, "Well, we can't we can't make him any fast. We just don't have the budget for it." <laughs> so we, we just need to make the things that they do to each other like bigger, so they'll just throw the Senate at each other. I was like, okay, yeah, and fair. It is, <laughs> it is... I feel like it's George Lucas trying to be like deep and thematic because the conflict between Yoda and Palpatine destroys the Senate. Yeah, yeah, but like right, at that point, um, no one cares about the Senate anyway. No, that's the problem. <laughs> that's why I say trying. Like, I think he's trying to go for this big, like, overarching message about like conflict is bad, or I don't know, something equally non-contentious. But it just it just misses <laughs> and ends up as 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 the quote says, just pure prequels. I really like it's got Ian McDermott not just chewing on scenery, but devouring it like a star. <laughs> yeah. He's having so much fun. Yeah. No, I must say that was a, a, a great quote. You know, to to maybe throw in a last minute bid for the tinfoil here. <laughs> okay. You, you would argue maybe this is some element of foreshadowing that George Lucas was trying to go for, right? Right. fighting in the Senate after he has said I am the Senate and Yoda's like tearing down the Senate and ultimately Yoda tears down the Emperor from beyond the grave no less in episode 6 but no I don't think George no, is quite mean, that clever that's, that, that's a bad attempt to get tinfoil <laughs> <laughs> no, no I'm, 
I think, spoiler alert, um, I'm giving it to you next week. Yeah, I, th- I feel like... Oh, we'll find a way. I've got, I feel like I've got that coming. I said a couple of stupid <laughs> things. Um, no, but I think at this point, all we can do is uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Expertise is Overrated. No doubt we've said some things that are either objectively wrong or downright offensive. As ever, feel free to let us know Rate the podcast and leave us a comment or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail.com. Tweet us at zero expertise. Check out our website, expertiseisoverrated.podbean.com or come join us on our Discord server. If you're lucky, we might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes. If you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. Now, in our next episode, it's happening again. Oh, no. That's right. The moment you've all been waiting for. I'm having another hot take. Oh, no. This time, I'll be explaining why the much-maligned end times from the Warhammer Fantasy universe was, in fact, a good thing. Ooh, boy. (laughs) Join us then for more nonsense.